When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, howdy there, Internet people. It's Bo again. So tonight, we are going to talk about a closely held idea. An idea that many, many people believe and accept at face value. They believe that it's true. And we're going to explore whether or not there's any evidence to back it up. Um, like a lot of ideas that people just accept, that evidence may not be there. Tonight will be a little different in the sense that I may not have an answer at the end. Normally, when I make a video, I have an answer of some kind to the topic being discussed. It may not be an answer you like. It is certainly not an answer that I demand you accept. But I have some form of an answer. May not have one this time because this topic is pretty cloudy. So what's the idea in question? Anytime somebody presents any form of critique about capitalism, about free trade, somebody shows up to say, you know, capitalism has raised a bazillion jillion people out of poverty. And we're going to talk about whether or not that's true. When somebody says this and you ask them for a source, if they are willing to give you one, nine times out of ten, they're going to point you to World Bank numbers. There's a lot of problems with that. Um, if you don't know how it works, basically $2 a day is the cutoff. If you are getting by on less than $2 a day, well, you're in poverty. Over $2 a day, you're not. Magic. You can already see some issues with that. Going from $1.99 a day to $2.01 a day does not, probably does not meaningfully change your view of whether or not you're in poverty. And the reality is poverty is more of a feeling than a fact in a lot of ways. Now, sometimes, yeah, if you can't eat, you're obviously in poverty. But aside from that, it's comparative. It's relative to what's around you. Now, when you look at those numbers, what they show is that, yeah, a whole lot of people since the end of the Cold War or whatever um, have been raised out of poverty. It shows that. It does not draw attention to the fact that those countries that benefited the most from that jump are, are not free market economies. <laughs> um, they're like China. You know, a state-directed economy, or they are economies that engage in protectionist behavior. It, it, it's just not there. Aside from that, it, um, it, it doesn't show a causal relationship. It shows correlation. These two things happen at the same time. The, the numbers aren't really there for that. So, let's try to look at some other numbers. Okay, 
the U.S., we obviously have good numbers on poverty in the U.S., right? From 1959 on, we do. Prior to that, it's a lot of estimates. Now, I will say, the estimates that I've seen, they make sense. You know, the 1950s was seen as an era of prosperity. It would make sense that in the Depression, there was a higher rate of poverty. So, they work. Okay, But at the same time, our capitalist economy of today is based in consumerism. And that came about in the 50s. So, we really don't even need to get into the guesswork. We can just stick with the numbers that we have. What are those numbers? In uh, 1959, somewhere between 1 in 4 and 1 in 5, rough estimate, um, people was in poverty in the U.S. That's pretty high. I mean, that, that's a big chunk. When you get to 2016, 2017, it's closer to 1 in 10. Well, there's your proof. Consumerism, capitalism, free markets, all of that, it worked. Almost cut it in half. Again, that <clears throat> is a correlation. It's not causation. Throw out another set of numbers for you. In 1930, the public social spending as a share of the gross domestic product um, was 0 0.56. Okay, very low, less than a full percent. In 1960, it was 6.2%. And in 2016, it was 19.32%. This is money that is spent to get people out of poverty. Who would have thought? It got people out of poverty. But that's not capitalism. But that's also not real evidence. It's correlation. It's not causation. We don't have it, the data. I don't have the data to show how effective those programs were. The reality is this entire debate seems to be very centered on correlation. And when you're doing that, you can find evidence to tell you anything. But what's the main argument? What's the main question? What, why is this said? The idea is that capitalism is a force for good in the world. If that's what you're trying to find out, just evaluate whether or not capitalism is a force for good in the world. That's all you have to do. You don't really need the numbers. It is a moral judgment. It's very subjective. Do you believe that a system that encourages the very worst in human behavior is a force for good in the world? It's one way it could be phrased. Somebody who supported capitalism earnestly could phrase it a different way. I would suggest, given the fact that this week, two major coffee companies have been accused of having eight-year-olds in their supply chains gathering their coffee, and that Nike and Adidas and Apple were all accused of having forced labor in their supply chains, that maybe the free market isn't so free. And that's not a rarity. That happens all the time. It's a very common occurrence for large corporations 
to be exploitive? Is it a facet of capitalism? So, while I don't have an answer to that question, and I don't think anybody does, to be honest, I think anybody who's telling you for certain one way or the other either isn't thinking about it clearly, isn't factoring in the fact that innovation and improvements in distribution have something to do with this as well. We didn't even touch on that. They're either not thinking about it in depth, they're being disingenuous, or they got access to numbers I don't have. They have data that I do not have. And while I don't have an answer to that, I do have a course of action that you can take no matter what your answer is. What are you doing standing around? You're a part of this system. Whether you approve of it or you don't, you're a part of it, and because you're a part of it, you have the ability to influence it. Where you work, where you play, what you do, where you lay your money down, what you say, all feeds into that system. If you want to change it, you can. It's up to you. It starts right now in your own backyard, in your own hometown. You can make small changes. You can vote with your dollar. This is a question that we're going to have to look into and we're going to need hard data because if we are looking for systemic change, we may need to adjust a whole lot. And the economic system that has led to the world we have today, it, it has impacts far beyond poverty. A lot of issues that deal with climate change may have something to do with it. This system that rewards exploiting and packaging and turning everything into a product rewards products being thrown out, planned obsolescence. This is these are all behaviors that are encouraged by capitalism. Maybe it can be reformed. Maybe it has to be changed. It's a question for you guys, though, not me. Anyway, it's just a thought. Y'all have a good night.